Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our sermon is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, which says, We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly, mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Well, you may have seen this story on the news this past week about a grandfather in Israel that did an amazing act of courage and love for his family. His son and his son's wife and their kids were trapped in a house as they were being attacked by the soldiers from Hamas. So the son texted his dad, who was a retired uh, Israeli soldier, and said, Dad, we're stuck. Help. The dad gets in his Jeep with his wife and his gun and heads towards their town. After getting through a few roadblocks and having to go off road a bit, eventually the father and some of the other soldiers he picked up along the way made their way to the town. They rescued their son and the family and cleared the town of the terrorist. Yes, love will make you do amazing things. A parent's love for a child will cause the parent to make great sacrifices. Any parent will tell you of how much time and energy and sleep you give up on account of your child. The love between family members and friends causes us to give of ourselves and to serve one another putting others before our own needs at times. So it is with God's love. God's love in Christ Jesus prompts people to undertake and do the most unusual and sometimes unbelievable things. We see examples of this throughout the Bible. Consider the Christians in Macedonia about the ones we heard about in our reading for today, near modern-day Greece. A great affliction had caused great poverty in their community. We're not quite sure what led to that, but we do know how they responded. Paul writes about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He writes, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian Christians. Out of their most severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Amazing, isn't it? Abundant love, because of abundant joy, because of God's love in their lives, combined with extreme poverty. And what is their response? What is their action? A wealth of generosity to share with others. Yes, these Christians went well beyond the call of duty in their generosity to support the poverty-stricken believers in Jerusalem. Poor and destitute as they were, these Christians from Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea gave generously, according to 2 Corinthians. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. 
They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. These struggling Christians, they probably qualified to be on the receiving end of getting money from others. And what do they do? There was no excuse on their part, no sense of compulsion, rather a genuine faith-filled love that motivated their desire to help others in need. What amazing example of love for us to follow. God's love prompted God's people to love and serve one another. It was true back then, it's true still today. Our good works are prompted by faith. Our labor is prompted by love. Yes, love born out of faith in Jesus is the driving force and only God-pleasing motivation that prompts our good works as people of faith. The Bible says we love, why? Because God first loved us. Yes, love is the most excellent way. <clears throat> love is the way of God because it is God's way for the world. First John 4 says this, <clears throat> this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yes, God's pure and perfect love prompted God's saving action for us. And what was that saving action? Well, we know it. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die for us. To give his life for us. To rise from the dead for us. To win for us eternal life forgiveness and salvation. Yes, God's love for lost and condemned sinners like you and me prompted Jesus to make himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, humbling himself, becoming obedient to death on the cross. All of this out of love for you and for me and the entire world. And yes, God's love comes as a free gift, undeserved. We did nothing to earn it. We do nothing to earn it or to deserve it. So does that mean we just sit back and take it easy and not do anything? No, no. Rather, God's love prompts action. His love changes us. His love empowers us to love one another. In the poverty-stricken Macedonian Christians, the Holy Spirit created faith and a love for Christ and his people that it produced and prompted the desire to give 
themselves first to the Lord. Yes, God's love changed them. It prompted them to love and to serve one another. Same is true for us today. God has poured out his love in us in Jesus. God has made, made us his own through the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He has joined us in the waters of baptism to be his own dear children. That water and the word has washed over us and connected us to Christ forever. And now we are part of God's family, the closest family there is. And that spirit dwelling in us enables and prompts us to love and to serve one another. But even as God's holy, forgiven children, we don't always live so holy, do we? We want to serve God. We want to do what he calls us to do. But if you're like me, we fail so often. We try to love God with all of our heart, our minds, and our souls. We try to love our neighbor as ourselves. But all too often, we fall way short. We get focused on ourselves and what is good for us. Think about how we treat the people that are closest to us. The people that we should love the most. Our own family, our dearest friends. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions do not always show love dwelling in us. As hard as we try, we can't escape fully power of sin. We can't always live or love as God wants us to. But thankfully there is good news. There is great news. Someone has loved perfectly. Jesus. He has loved you unconditionally. And he showed that love by giving his life for you. Taking your sins, your failures, your shortcomings, your fears, your doubts, and nailing them to the cross. Giving his life for you. Out of love for you. Listen to how Jesus describes true love. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Yes, that is what Jesus did for you. He laid down his life. He took on death so that you can live forever. That love, that great act of love and service is true. It's powerful. It's for you this day. Yes, his love is unconditional. It's given to us out of complete grace and kindness from our loving Father. Yes, God's love is amazing. 
and his amazing love prompts us to thanks and praise, to rejoice in his amazing and unconditional love. Yes, his love prompts us to put our faith into action. His love prompts us to love our family, our friends, and yes, even our enemies. His love calls us to forgive those that have sinned against us. His love empowers us to serve at church, in our community, with our families. His love prompts us to contribute to the work of God's kingdom here at church through our gifts of time, service, and money. Yes, God's love sent Jesus to save us. And his gracious love prompts us to love and to serve one another. To serve our neighbors with acts of love. It prompts us to be faithful stewards with what God has given to us. His love prompts us to love one another. Why? Because God has first loved us. Thanks be to God for his amazing and unending, unconditional love poured out on you through Jesus Christ, your Savior. Amen.